Hello and welcome to the Minimum Competence episode for Thursday, April 6th, 2023. I'm your host for today, Andrew Leahy, a tax and technology attorney from New Jersey. In today's episode, we have Chipotle, not to be confused with Chipotle. Efile.com is a bucket of malware, legal fee disputes, and a biometric meets labor story. Let's pretend it's Friday and maybe nobody will call us out on it with today's legal news. Chipotle has filed a lawsuit against Sweetgreen for trademark infringement, alleging that the salad chain's Chipotle Chicken Burrito Bowl menu item copies the name and branding of Chipotle's burrito bowls. The complaint, which was filed in a California federal court, claims that Sweetgreen's use of the word Chipotle in its advertising and the dish's name is likely to cause consumer confusion. Chipotle alleges that Sweetgreen has used the word Chipotle as a source-identifying trademark and that Instagram users have associated the two companies. In addition, a restaurant industry news article has noted that Sweetgreen's new dish, quote, veers directly into arch-rival Chipotle Mexican Grill's territory. Chipotle had contacted Sweetgreen about branding concerns and recommended that the chain rename the dish to use Chipotle in lowercase, but Sweetgreen did not respond, according to the complaint. The Mexican food chain owns five federal trademark registrations for the word Chipotle. Sweetgreen has not yet responded to the lawsuit. IRS-authorized tax e-file software provider eFile.com was found serving JavaScript malware called Popper.js containing a Base64 encoded code that attempts to load JavaScript from a third-party website. This code aims to prevent caching and load a fresh copy of the malware when visited. This issue concerns eFile.com and not the IRS eFile infrastructure or domains themselves. Researchers have found the malware to be present on almost every page of eFile.com until at least April 1st. Additionally, the same Amazon AWS endpoint was serving another file called update.js that prompts users to download next-stage payloads, which establish a connection to a Tokyo-based IP address hosted with Alibaba. The same IP address also hosts an illicit domain associated with the incident. Further analysis revealed the PHP script as a backdoor malware that remotely accesses an infected device, connects to a remote command and control server every 10 seconds, and receives a task to execute on the infected device. The malware can allow full access to a device, providing the threat actor initial access to a corporate network for further attacks. The company has yet to release the full scope of the attack and if it has infected any of its customers. eFile.com has not yet responded to questions. This is the latest in a long series of problems with for-profit tax filing software companies, from security breaches to bait-and-switch advertising. Law firm Quinn Emanuel is opposing an attempt by two U.S. health insurers to review certain internal records as the firm prepares to seek $185 million in legal fees from a $3.7 billion settlement with the U.S. government. The dispute comes after a court struck down the $185 million award in January, with the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Federal Circuit saying the lower court had not adequately justified the amount. The health insurers have suggested about $8 million in fees would be appropriate. In a statement, surprising no one, Quinn Emanuel's Adam Wolfson said the fee agreement the class members agreed to should stand. The Illinois Supreme Court has ruled that unionized workers who sue for violation of the state's Biometric Information Privacy Act, or BIPA, are preempted if the worker is covered by a collective bargaining agreement with a broad management rights clause. Instead, the dispute resolution process set out in the union contract must be used, which typically involves grievance arbitration. The ruling is part of a surge in litigation under Illinois' biometric privacy law, which requires companies to disclose the purpose of collecting the information, obtain permission, and publish data retention or destruction policies. Such violations can be expensive. With a $228 million judgment awarded against BNSF Railway Co. truck drivers for collecting employee fingerprints without consent, 
Arbitrators are responsible for deciding disputes over whether biometric privacy claims must go through a collective bargaining agreement's dispute resolution process, but it remains unclear what happens to such allegations in arbitration. Unions are expected to negotiate for strong biometric privacy protections in future contracts as a result of this ruling. This last story is related to a mass casualty event, so there is a content warning here. If this isn't something you can hear today, we understand, and we'll see you back here tomorrow. The U.S. Department of Justice has agreed to a $144.5 million settlement with survivors and families of the victims of the 2017 mass shooting at a Texas church that killed 26 people, for which a judge found the Air Force primarily responsible. The settlement, with more than 75 plaintiffs, requires approval by U.S. District Judge Javier Rodriguez in San Antonio. It would end the government's appeal of Rodriguez's order that it pay approximately $230 million over the November 5, 2017 massacre by former Air Force Airman Devin Patrick Kelly at the First Baptist Church in Sutherland Springs, Texas. Kelly had used firearms he should not have been allowed to buy after admitting in a 2012 court-martial to domestic violence. In July 2021, Rodriguez found the Air Force 60% responsible over its failure to enter Kelly's plea in a database used for background checks prior to firearm purchases. Though finding Kelly 40% responsible, Rodriguez said not even Kelly's parents knew as much as the government about their son's capacity for violence. The settlement ends a painful chapter for the victims of the crime. Thank you so much for listening to Minimum Competence, your daily news podcast for lawyers. If you're looking for more than Minimum Competence, links to further reading on all the topics touched on today are in the show notes. If you have any questions or story suggestions, you can find us on Mastodon on the esq.social instance. I'm at Andrew and my co-host Gina is at Gina. Reviews go a long way towards helping new listeners to find our show. If you have a moment and can leave a rating or review on your podcast player, we'd sure appreciate it. And if you know someone that might be interested in a story we cover, maybe consider sending them the episode. Minimum Competence is available at minimumcomp.com and wherever you get your finely crafted podcasts. We'll see you back here tomorrow. And until then, remember, leaves of three, leave it be. Harry Rope, don't be a dope.